Hello and welcome to season two of Chic Podcast with Kat Sark, where we explore the most pressing issues in fashion studies, fashion education, culture, media, and technology from a perspective of decoloniality, sustainability, and social justice. The 28th episode was also recorded at Copenhagen Fashion Week, where I met the young designer and activist Milan Flicek, whose provocative collection of menswear entitled Fucking Stop Burning Clothes stood out for its bold activism as well as the aesthetic innovation of a deconstructed tailored suit with piping that makes it look like it is both on fire and melting at the seams. The most innovative runway shows at any fashion week in any city are always the graduation collections organized by the local fashion schools. This year, the Royal Danish Academy showed some of the most inspiring and avant-garde collections entitled Last Pieces, created by 16 talented graduates of the MA fashion class whose work focused on diversity, inclusivity and sustainability. Each designer focused on the challenges facing the fashion industry. Many of them used leftover or surplus or secondhand materials, while others have strong political agendas incorporated into their design aesthetic. Milan and I met after his fashion show that was also singled out by Vogue Scandinavia, which launched its very first issue at this year's Copenhagen Fashion Week with Greta Thunberg on the cover. Milan and I talked about his collection, his innovative tailoring technique, his research into the burning of clothing, his activism and the plans to petition the EU to tighten its legislation on fashion and textiles production and consumption, and his future plans for his brand. So we are here uh, still at Fashion Week in Copenhagen, and I was really impressed by your uh, designs at the Royal Academy of Copenhagen and your fashion show, your graduation collection. Could you please introduce yourself? Tell us a bit more about yourself, where you're from, how you got interested in fashion, and how this collection came about. So first of all, thank you so much for this lovely start. Uh, it means a lot that someone from the industry likes our collection. Um, and hi, I'm Milan Flicek. I'm coming from little town in Czech Republic. Uh, I study my bachelor's in Arts University Bournemouth in UK. And now with this collection, I finish my master's studies in arts, uh, the Royal Danish Academy uh, of Art. And about my collection, Everything started um, basically two years ago when I figured out that our industry burned 94 million tons of clothing, which I couldn't even picture it. I, I can't see, like, I can't picture one, one ton of clothing. How much is it? Like, is it like 10,000 t-shirts or coats or whatever? Uh, and I get very interest, interested in that and slightly frustrated and quite sad. Uh, also, the reason why I get even more sad is because I grew up as a volunteering firefighter in Czech Republic. Oh, wow. So <laughs> when I told my teacher that I would like to uh, do this stuff, she started calling me the fashion firefighter. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and I start uh, thinking how I can put this concept into the more fashionable way and how to make collection out of it. So I get 
to things what I know the best, and it's uh, my heritage. And I, uh, the first figure will just pop up in my head, and it's called Jan Palach. Jan Palach used to be the one very young man who uh, burned himself or self-inflamed in our main square uh, when the army of Soviet Union attacked us. Oh, during Prague Spring. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the idea of like, do I also have to self-inflamed to make you aware uh, was born? And then also the activistic way. Do I also have to kill myself to make people around aware that there's something wrong, mm-hmm. that, that we need to change, we need to do something. So uh, I use his figure and I uh, collected the stuff uh, from the age when he was living and also from my father because he was young, uh, young fella during that time, he was just growing up, and he was collecting stamps. Mm-hmm. It could sounds like very innocent detail, but when Jan Palach had been sending letters to prime ministers and to the our president that he he's just a torch number one, mm-hmm. and he will there will be more people burning themselves if they will not do anything. In, he forg- in as a sign of protest yeah, against as a sign the of Soviet, protest. yeah, the Soviet imperialism. Act. Exactly, <laughs> uh, he sent some of the letters without stamps. Oh. So I use this detail and I use the stamps of the Soviet brutalism with a lot of uh, fists, which mm-hmm. you can see in the embroideries on my collection. Oh, uh, and this brutalistic uh, way of like behaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took that uh, stamps and put them in my collection also. But uh, so, and then I started making collection and thinking about how it can be actually used uh, as the activistic protest. So I start making the slogans. Uh, I was thinking about so many of them, like keep away f- from fire, because that's the funny one when you have it in the tag on the back, that because some things cannot be burned. But uh, then I was going to that, do I have to self inflammate or like burn myself to make you aware? But I stick with uh, the one uh, fucking stop burning closing, because I think that's the most catchy one, yeah. because people <laughs> will, will remember that. Uh, yeah, you got yeah. everyone's attention, yeah. <laughs> I think, with that was yeah. slogan. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, like, I was just playing with that idea as long as I could. But the reason why I have been doing it is because all the time uh, during the education, I have been thinking what what is going on with our industry, like that, that there is something we have to change. To be honest, I was quite afraid to pick my fight mm-hmm. for quite a long time because during my bachelor studies, I felt that I'm not strong enough to do it yet. Mm-hmm. And then when the f- also during the first year of masters, it, it, I didn't feel right to do it. Criticize the industry? Yeah, to criticize the industry because I was yeah. like, then I recently come from my second internship uh, and then I figured out how that brand also is horrible. <laughs> and uh, thinking, thinking about the sexist things what have been doing there, mm-hmm. uh, the way how they produce, and the way how they also burn the clothing, mm-hmm. it's it's so sad. Uh, and then then I was thinking like I have to do it as my last collection as a master student. I have now I think I have enough knowledge and education to and research and research mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually forget to mention that that uh, during my studies we have to write the uh, report or the 
uh, master thesis. Mm -hmm. So I actually dedica dedicate these thesis to go deeper in the problem of burning clauses. Mm -hmm. And I write my topic about that uh, and trying to find a solution, uh, which obviously I cannot find it alone, but I think I make quite clear points what we can do and where to start it. And that's actually helped me to uh, make this collection, uh, which have been shown this week in the Copenhagen Fishing Week and after it share in the Vogue uh, and the other uh, magazines like Ellie this uh, this week. So that's great. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so you, you did you did grab the industry's attention with kind of like being brave and, and taking this activist stand. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, in some way, I actually have a very funny top, uh, conversation with one of my professor uh, because he said, like, uh, you know that you're going to close the door for most of the brands. <laughs> like, you will not be, like, with your collection, you are so, like, critical and opinionated that you will not probably, like, get any positions because you get too far with these. And I said, it's obviously I get too far, but I need to go that far. You know, I have to change it. I have to make people aware. And I mean, like, if, if little student can do it, uh, I mean, then bigger brands can take some kind of inspiration out of it, yeah. I hope. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because there's not just one industry. There is a whole sustainable industry that thinks the way that you think and that don't want to have anything with the problems of the unethical industry, right? Like yeah. It's like so saying that if you are too daring or too activist, you will not get a job, you kind of, you're basically being told, it's like, well, you will not be working for the company that does burn clothes. And exactly, you're like, I exactly. don't want to. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of it. Who are not burning clothes or they didn't do it in the past. Because there's actually quite a lot of big companies who have been burning, but they just apologize and it's like, ah, everything is okay. We just put it in the first drawer, you know, it's our past. We, we just said sorry and nothing happened and like nothing changed and they are not fighting against that you know i think people should learn from their mistakes and share it and mm -hmm. you know and that's that's actually the reason why me and my colleague barbara sura we will open our own uh non-profit organization which we will try to make the mo even more awareness mm -hmm. uh, about the burning closings and make activist statements and some protests and all the seminars about that and Actually, our idea is to be in the industry uh, and make the fashion shows, but because we believe that we have to be in the room to change the mindset of the people. But we want to be in the room, but say, but we are not like you. Mm -hmm. Because we, we just, we don't want to be like you, yeah. but we want to change it. And I know there are s several brands who are already doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, believe that uh, the approach of the uh, art is quite important because uh, I actually forget to mention that um, in my clothes, uh, all the piping, uh, that's actually the technique what I created, uh, and it's called uh, fire piping, mm -hmm. because I just, uh, um, it's the technique what I'm trying to have a pattern uh, for that, uh, and it should evoke the burning clothing with the piping 
uh, as you can see in some of the jackets and the pictures. Okay, so it's ma made to look like the suit is b burning. Yeah, and, like, exactly. It's on fire. Yeah, okay. but uh, in in more like artistic way. Mm -hmm. Like uh, yeah. some people said that it's very clear. Some people said it's not. But that's the beauty of art. Everyone mm -hmm. sees something else in yes. it. So yeah. 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 And you trained in classical menswear tailoring, right? So that's kind of your background in fashion? Yeah. So I actually studied my uh, journey when I was just 15 uh, because we get lucky. Uh, and in Czech Republic, you can choose your high school. And uh, I choose to go to fashion design. And we, we, we are not tailors because we still have to learn English and math and other things because it have to be equal to high school system. However, we, we learn to do patterns and uh, sewing from that 15 years age. Uh, and I just fell in love with that. And I have been doing menswear since that. So, yeah. That's exciting. And so now, because it's the next evolution of your of your skill and your talent, adding this extra layer both aesthetically, because yeah, like from the collection, you can see that you're deconstructing the classical men's suit and you're kind of like adding things to it and you're taking things from it. And like you said, you're adding these symbolic elements and the, the symbol of fire kind of runs yeah. through all of it. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about the details in the in the clothes and yeah, like how, how all these, it looks a little bit, some of them look a little bit like a collage as well. So what what is your thinking behind constructing the garments? Everything actually starts with, I'm doing some, uh, someone would say it's quite odd thing, but uh, on Sundays, I'm just going to the parks and I draw uh, people walking around the lakes. And this is actually when I'm thinking, <laughs> sometimes I, I think how people are wearing their stuff or like I catch some very rare moments when people are coming back from the party and they are wearing like stuff which you wouldn't normally wear on such a weird level because it's like, it's early morning and people are coming home from these kind of stuff. I just do the quick sketch and I will put it on my drawers. But when I designed, I'm just thinking if that I can use any of these sketches. And I've decided that I'm gonna go with menswear collection because that's where I am uh, confident. Everything goes with the actually English tailoring because I'm not that close to Italian one. There are just small details, but when you construct it, they could be become actually huge. I thought that how I can actually deconstruct and make the garments look more uh, artistic. And then when I, uh, then how the idea of the fire piping will have been born because I just basically think how I, how can the fire be evocated in the fabric? Mm -hmm. And that what I achieved with the piping and uh, stretching the fabric in the way that uh, the fabric go to 3D moment. And then I'm, as you mentioned, I'm also playing with uh, putting some kind of symbols and using embroidery machine, which unfortunately this year collection should be even more heavier embroidered. But unfortunately, because the lack of time, what we could spend at school, mm -hmm. uh, some of the embroideries have to be canceled. Okay, because of the lockdowns with COVID. Yeah, mm -hmm. because we have amazing machine at school, mm -hmm. embroidery machine. However, like the lim the access to school being quite limited, mm -hmm. so we have to change it. But that's, that doesn't stop me. And I try to figure out how I can even pursue some kind of female uh, silhouettes in it and how to actually combine more the artistic part into 
the classic male, male tailoring. Thank and you. so what is the future then for you? Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Like what you mentioned that you want to do more activist work and you want to start a nonprofit. So what kind of uh, help do you need? What resources do you need? What is the plan? To do? Where do you want to take this collection? And then where do you want to take your work next? As I mentioned with that nonprofit, go as far as I can go with making sure that no one will burn any fabrics and clothing. Because like there is so many brands who who still do it and it's so silly that we live in the 21st century and no one stop it. No, there is no rules, no uh, quotas. Uh, that, so that will be our first first step as a brand and then non-profit. But uh, as I also mentioned, we want to be a brand because we have to be in the room Mm-hmm. of people to change the mindset of the room but also going as sustainable as we can go and uh, not greenwash people because i think that's also the new issue that uh, we get new cotton t-shirts but they are actually overproduced they are made sustainably but they are overproduced and then no one buys them and they end up in the storage and eventually they can be burned so this is, I think, also fighting with the overproduction, making like limit outfits is, is the thing what I think our brand will go through. Mm-hmm. And I would see myself uh, as a designer, but mostly activistic. Like I feel like Vivian Westwood is such a, a legend in this manner. But I think like we could do it in Scandinavia, in Copenhagen. It's the industry is changing quite fast. And also the mindset of the people in Scandinavia, it's... Uh, different because they they think about the sustainability and we can actually get so much more education in it. I believe it's a very good place to stay. So I will actually make that brand here because the government and people around us already know the things uh, and the generation, one, one year generation older than us, they can actually help us with this stuff. So I hope that I will get very good contacts with some of them and I will get change to changes industry mm-hmm. from my perspective. That's great. That reminds me, though, one last question about education. So how would you, you you mentioned that you're kind of like the last generation at the Royal Academy that is finishing before Elsa introduced her MA in sustainability. And how? what advice are future generations, other students, not just design students, but also people who will be working in the fashion industry and are just learning about how difficult it is to to live with this reality that uh, you have to kind of like fight the good fight in order to make any any changes. Do you have any advice? Uh, I think like for me personally, it's that I love and hate our industry. Every student, uh, fashion student, we have to go through that path and we decided if we love it enough to go through this and I, I can't live without fashion because I think it's one of the most amazing places when you can uh, creativity and you have actually the power to share with the world. My, uh, my actual advice would be that probably, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm entitled to give any advices yet, but uh, I feel that like, just make sure that you really want to do it because the path, it's, it's not the easiest one, but it's really lovely. And I think like, do it responsibly. Make sure that like the things what uh, you do now that you will not look in them in five years and be ashamed what you did. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's one of the most interesting advices what my actually father gave me to like make sure that this is what you do 
and that you will not be ashamed to do uh, to see it in five years and be like yeah i did it i did it and uh i'm still proud of it mm-hmm. so maybe that's a good advice and just be like think about stuff what you do before mm-hmm. you make them not just make to make and then w- what would you suggest can we all change fashion education together so not like as designers but also people who teach people who do the research how do we work together to you know like help each other basically to change the industry to change the way that the next generation is educated big different united kingdom schools there is such a huge level of uh, fighting very competitive very competitive and fighting for the attention mm-hmm. in such a nasty way mm-hmm. you know we, we all know the stories so i don't have to go through them again but for my perspective mm-hmm. i think like this is for the us as students and the teachers i would uh, probably give advice that like like don't think that like we need to be all the heroes we can be all like we can work together and i think that's that's the most important thing it's like people starting their brand they want to start their brand by their own and they want to have their own name and or title and everything which obviously i was also considering but now i'm thinking more about like the last year actually changed me like you know we have time to think and for me it was the thinking like I don't like it's not necessary for me to have a brand with my name but to change it in the industry like change it and make it like stop burning clothes so I think the teacher also can lead to that and be like you know collaboration is so important I know it's tough also if everyone have their own ideas but uh in the end of the day we will collaborate together and I think the at school it should be more about the collaboration and that the teachers are trying to help themselves like themselves too and also the student the thing is that what i saw that in uk and here that actually here people collaborate together at least in our class i have mm-hmm. to admit that m- my class here uh, was absolutely brilliant so maybe i was also just lucky <laughs> but that's that's really important you know like collaborative structures rather than hierarchical structures yeah are basically how we can change things because if like you said if everyone is just doing their own thing there is never going to be actual change yeah and it's also like i can see so many uh people from my bachelor studies that they quit fashion mm-hmm. because they didn't they they work for two years and they they didn't want to do it anymore because they burn out mm-hmm. or they just didn't like the stuff Mm-hmm. And I think this is so wrong because there is n- not other industries who have this kind of mentality when the people actually burn out. And that's based on that competitiveness, mm-hmm. I believe. Well, thank you so much for your time. I thank you for the lovely interview. And stop burning clothing. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. you. <laughs> that's it for the 28th episode of Chic Podcast. I'd like to thank Milan Flicek for taking the time to record this podcast with me and for all of his inspiring work and activism. The music you hear is Bach's Prelude in C Major, performed by my very talented friend Matteo Tanzi. Thank you for listening. Please share the link to this episode on your social media channels. You can find me on Instagram under at Canadian Fashion Scholars. And until next time. <laughs>